Um, you should do your dad joke. My dad joke? Jordan, I heard you've been doing some CrossFit lately. That's right. That's where I cross my fingers and hope my clothes fit. But <laughs> 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 That was pretty good. Oh, my God. better but you don't know what you're talking about and you say i know better but you don't know what you're talking about and you say welcome to wkjp news radio the podcast that talks about the 90s sitcom news radio one episode at a time and now without further ado the woman of the hour my wife kayleen that's a good pause yeah, thanks. I didn't think you forgot my name. I was I was waiting for you to yell now. Now! <laughs> Today we'll be talking about season two, episode 13, entitled In Through the Outdoor. I still don't understand that title. Okay. Talk to me at the end of the podcast and see if you can connect the dots there. The end of like the entirety of our podcast? No, at the end of this episode, our podcast. Oh. When I tell you what the name of the next one is. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Kayleen. Oh, no. <laughs> Why do I forget every time? I like to ask at the top of the show, mm. how are you doing? I just ate approximately 12 Oreos. I watched. <laughs> that sounds like a weird fetish. It's not that. <laughs> no, it's no, not. It's, uh... I mean, not knocking it. That's what you're into. No. Different strokes for different folks. <laughs> we got the birthday cake Oreos, the like 110th <sighs> anniversary. I I'm don't know. I'm a sucker for every flavor. I know. I'm just a, I was a, literally a sucker for the shiny packaging. I think that's I what know. appealed to me. No, anytime there's a, I've talked, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. Anytime there is a novelty flavor of yeah. something, yeah. chips in particular really do me in. Oreos, God, they have my number. I've bought, I've purchased every flavor of Oreos, even the ones I knew I wouldn't like. I still bought them. Yeah, yeah. We talked about Jenny's ice cream. Yes. I have to try all the flavors. Which I tried we just them. tried a new one recently. The grain. It was maple soaked pancakes. I yeah, think maple syrup soaked pancakes, mm-hmm. and that is exactly what it tasted like. Yeah, I don't even particularly like maple or pancakes. Yeah. But I ate the whole pint. It was fine. Actually, you ate a fair amount too, but... Yeah, some. Um, I'm good. Today was a snow day. Yeah. And, man, you can't beat a snow day. Mm-hmm. So. Technically, I guess it was a sleet day. The roads were oh, too icy yeah. for anybody Ice to go day. to school or work, so yeah. we were all home. All home. Yeah, I don't think any of us even set foot outside today. I breathed no outside air. <laughs> I guess I might have gone into the garage once, but that was it. I just realized I don't think my cats have breathed outside air in years. Not since the one ran away. And it wasn't a runaway. It was just he went on an adventure. He took a stroll. And I found him. Yeah. <laughs> Within a couple hours, it was fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Yep. Great. What have I been watching? So, Kayleen, what have you been watching lately? Um. Oh, there is a new season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Hmm. Actually, after we finish recording tonight, I might watch an episode. I feel like there is a lot of stuff coming out right now because a lot of things got shut down or put on hiatus during COVID or during lockdowns. Um, I just watched the most recent season of Love is Blind, 
where the people meet in like different pods. And so they uh, apparently fall in love with each other without ever having seen each other. And then one of them proposes to the other and then they have four weeks to decide whether or not they're going to get married. So garbage, but entertaining. I've been watching that. Uh, I just watched, I've been watching the new season of Queer Eye. Oh my God. If there is a show that almost rivals the Great British Baking Show for making you feel good, it might be Queer Eye. Hmm. Like I can feel my brain releasing endorphins and releasing serotonin. (laughs) Just like, oh, the world isn't totally shit when I watch Queer Eye. So that's a good show. I think that's it. Yeah. I'm you know, I'll tell you what I'm not watching. The Bachelor. Tell us about it. I'm I can't because I haven't been watching it because oh, I've decided. Tell us about why you're not watching it. <laughs> I don't know. I just I don't find the guy interesting. And I know this is silly, but the promotional photo is a picture of him with like four puppies on a couch, and I just feel like it is pandering and I don't like that. So is I'm there like, like is it a wink wink jokey thing? No. As far as I know, I'm like, I don't even think he's like an animal rescue dude or anything. It's just like, oh, here's a muscular hot guy with four puppies, so like women can drool over him. I'm just like, no, I'm not, I'm not having it. I won't buy into it. However, I did see a teaser where he's up at the front for the rose ceremony and then he says something to the effect of, I have to confess I've been intimate with three of you. And then all the women start crying and then I was like, I might I might have to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you just watch the like the rap season wrap up? Yeah, that's after kind the of rose. Yeah. I'm kind of waiting for like the last two or three episodes. I'm also waiting when people start saying, Oh my God, did you see the episode? Then I'll watch it. Sure. But I don't care. I don't care about him. I don't care about any of them, really, but I really don't care about him. Come to the dark side. I think his name is... Come to the light side? Yeah. Come over here where we don't care. Yeah. I think his name is Clayton. Hmm. Nothing wrong with that name, but he just... I don't know. But, yeah. That's all. What are you watching? So I've got three. Okay. All right. I finished Wheel of Time. Oh, yeah. The first season. You said it was good. Yeah. It was okay. It delivered in some ways, and it it was as bad as expected in other ways. So, Kayleen, let me let me just ask you: If you were watching a show, and a male character said to a female character, "You are as beautiful as a sunrise, and as fierce as a warrior," hmm. you like that? Is that good writing? <laughs> Would you like to be told that? Um, I like the fierce as a warrior. Mm. Um, yeah, any, like, you're as beautiful as, like, whatever you end that sentence with isn't going to be good. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot of, like, love story stuff that I was not super into. It was, Mm. it was fine. You prefer Uh, the dragons. Yeah. Give me them dragons. If there was a dragon love story, then you'd be into it. A dragon and a wizard. Forbidden love. So that's how you'd get me to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Get in, they get into a love triangle with a troll. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear this pitch. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's some cool stuff about the wheel of time. Um, the thing I liked about it was just seeing the stuff that I had read mm. made mm-hmm. real and, you know, uh, the visual spectacle of it was really cool. But everything else was kind of like, meh. I honestly was confused 
at some parts what was happening and I've read the book. So like but you read it a while ago, didn't you? Yeah, but I've read <laughs> But you have a good memory too. I have a good memory and I've read the first book at least three times because I kept, you know, trying to restart Great. the series and tried to do it over again and couldn't do it. So I should have known what was going on, but I was literally confused at at what was happening at given points, which is not a good sign. Mm. Uh, the other one is I have been watching How I Met Your Father. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you wouldn't watch that just based on principle. Um, so I, I do like How I Met Your Mother, the show, mm-hmm. overall. I, I, I really liked that one. And I was like, yeah, it's made by at least some of the same people, mm-hmm. Carter Bays and Craig Thomas. And I was like, yeah, I'll give it a try. Yeah, it's bad. Of course it is. <laughs> oh my gosh, of course it is, Jordan. Are you shocked? Of I course wish, it is. I Even if it's it the wasn't. same people, this is people like... I don't know. I'm sure that the intention is there, but anytime people try to do stuff like this, I'm like, like you realize that like, oh, this is like a cash cow and you're going to try to like get more money out of it. And I just think that's. Yeah, it's not, it's not funny. It, I don't think there's been a single thing that makes me laugh. Um, Hillary Duff is the lead. Oh my God. I know. What are you doing down there in the basement? (laughs) What are you watching down there? And literally no other character on that show has any charisma whatsoever. So Mm. it's, yeah. It's a disappointment, but I was like, well, I have to at least see, you know, it's I like get full, it. It's like Fuller House. Honestly, that's not a bad comparison. I know. Like I had to watch it because I was like, well, and it's the same actors. It's the same, you know. Yeah, this is different because it's all different actors. There's no overlap in terms of oh, well, actors or characters. I guess there are quite a few new characters in Fuller House because they have children. Right. But they're all child actors. Right. Our favorite. Yeah. And the last one is I've been watching a TV show called Great News. Have you seen this recommended to you on Netflix at all? I feel like I have heard of it. So it is basically in the exact same vein as 30 Rock or Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Like, I think it's literally Mm. made by many of the same people. It's got a lot of the um, same writers. It's got um, some of the same actors. Uh, Produced by Tina Fey, like, Mm. it seems very much in that vein. Same formula. Yeah, it's about a TV news uh, station, and it's got a main character who wants to be, like, more of a feature story person. It's fine. Like, I'm pleased that I found another thing that fills the, like, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt void, because I really do like that style of humor, Um, but this, again, it's like if you took the side characters (laughs) from a show that you liked and didn't put a lead character in there that you cared about at all, like nobody in this show can carry the show. So it's just a bunch of like secondary or tertiary characters all bouncing off each other, which is Mm. just like, what am I even watching? Mm. The lead is fine. She's just kind of a nothing. So those are my three. All right. We like to ask a question at the top. Uh-oh. Kayleen, it's your turn to pick the question. Okay, what is one of your favorite nostalgic TV theme songs? David the Gnome. <laughs> um, I mean, that's only because that has a special place in our relationship. <laughs>
No, so <laughs> David the Gnome was a TV show on Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon when I was oh, a yeah. kid. Yeah, yeah. And I was, wasn't going back that far. Um, no, that that one stirs my heartstrings. It does. Aww. It really does. Mm. Um, I like the news radio theme, but that's literally just because I I have positive associations with it and mm-hmm. watching this show. Mm-hmm. What is a theme that I really like? Do you have one in mind? No, I just came up with this question. Okay. I don't know the answer to my own question. I mean, I know your favorite one of all time, which is the Frasier theme, right? What? Especially the outro. When oh, my God. The- no. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> for a second, I was picturing in my mind, you know, they, I actually really like the aesthetics of the Frasier, um, like how there's like the space needle and there's like a little thing or a shooting star. Or sure. like an elevator. Like, I think that actually is really neat how it's a little different every time. Yep. God, I hate Kelsey Grammer singing. <laughs> That fucking scrambled eggs, whatever bullshit song. I don't understand it. You explained it to me once. I still think you were just humoring me and lying about that explanation. It didn't even make any sense. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. <laughs> it's so dumb. Just the tossed salads and scrambled eggs is just crazy people calling him. I hear the blues are calling. That's that's it. There's not much but, more to it than that. But I don't want, like, every time he sings it, I literally picture a tossed salad and scrambled eggs. And I'm like, no one would eat that together. It doesn't make any sense. Do you think the scrambled eggs is on top of the tossed salad? I don't even know. I just, I don't want to think about this theme song anymore. It, it makes me upset. I know a theme song I okay. like. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a That one really, yeah. yeah, that tugs at my heartstrings. It's not exactly 90s, I guess. Kind of 80s and 90s. Yeah, you tell me. You're I don't even, expert. I don't know. Am I, am I the Golden Girls expert? Yeah, mid to late 80s, I would say. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I like the Cheers theme song. There's a particular note that I really, mm. really like. Yeah, or I guess it's a chord change in the Cheers theme song that just makes me really happy. There you go. Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like I'm missing something really obvious, and I just, I just don't know what it is. Mm. Seinfeld. You're trying to think of what the Seinfeld theme is. No, <laughs> I, I, I am thinking of it, and no, I don't. No, I'm I'm not, that's not it. <laughs> question yeah as always feel free to reach out to give us question ideas or answer the question yourself
Should we get into the episode? Mm-hmm. All right. We've got two new number ones at the box office this week. Mighty Ducks and Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> Early in 1996, there were a lot of films that were number one for just like one week, mm-hmm. maybe two weeks, as opposed to something that really stayed at the top for a long time. The first one is From Dusk Till Dawn. Oh, I remember watching that in high school. Yeah. With friends. Do you yeah. remember it at all? It's a vampire movie, right? It is a vampire movie, yeah. although you don't know that until right. about halfway through. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't remember anything about it other than like a lot of my friends liked that movie. So it's like a... Is Selma Hayek in that? Yes. She's is she like, like really the sexy? vampire queen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I remember that. Yeah. Um, so this sticks out very much in my memory <laughs> because... Uh, when I was in junior high, I would go over to my friend Ryan's house after school, mm-hmm. um, and his parents were often not home, and I remember once we watched this, and we were in, like, seventh grade. Like, this was not appropriate. <laughs> not appropriate for a seventh grader. I, I know my mom is listening She's... to this, and I know, <laughs> I'm sorry, mom, you were right. I shouldn't have been watching that in seventh grade. But, oh, my gosh. Ooh, it was, yeah, it was a lot. So that, yeah, that one sticks out in my mind for that reason, but... It's a really, like, graphic, like, two serial killers on the loose trying to get across the border to Mexico, and they kidnap this family who's got a Winnebago, and then they end up at this biker bar, and then the biker bar ends up being run by vampires. Yeah, I remember the biker bar. That's really all I... Harvey Keitel, Juliette Lewis, George Clooney, Quentin Tarantino. Sure. Yep, they're all in it. Okay. And the other one was Mr. Holland's Opus. Oh, I love that movie. So that's a great double feature right there if you oh, wanted to make right. a name. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that movie. That movie was one. I've probably seen that a dozen times. That, that's one of those movies where, like, if it's on TV, I will sit and watch it. Sure. I just, I was also a music kid. Like, mm-hmm. I really had, you know, I really enjoyed choir and orchestra and that community. So I don't particularly like Richard Dreyfus that much, but I really like that movie you know i do like him in some things like what like, about bob what about I mean, bob he's wonderful yeah or he's he's great in jaws he's too. good at, he's good at playing like crotchety what happened to him where has he been has he done anything for 15 20 years cashed out i mean good for him that's what <laughs> i don't know that's what we all want to do <laughs> is that what you want to do yeah with this podcast i'm gonna take my podcast fortune and go huh he is 74 and he's living in brooklyn you can go hang out with them if you want. Richard, if you'd like to join us on the show, do you have a favorite news radio episode? <laughs> I'm looking at his filmography. Uh, I mean, the last the... film he did was, I mean, he's still doing some stuff. Okay. He did some stuff in 2021. Oh, okay. Um, in movies. Anything you've heard of? Nope. The last one I remember was he was the head of this family that was, uh, he was an archaeologist or an anthropologist. and they He did made Piranha up... 3D. Okay, so he's doing just fine. 2010. <laughs> no, he was an anthropologist, but they made up a tribe living in the wilderness. And so they just like had home video cameras and they pretended to be like visiting this jungle tribe. Does that sound familiar at all? Nope. Yeah, I mean, Mr. Holland's Opus was the last film that he had any, like, real acclaim for. 
or like he got awards for that. He was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actor mm. for that. But you know, then the next year he did the voice of Mr. Centipede for James and the Giant Peach. Huh. So there you go. Sure. All right. This is In Through the Outdoor. It aired February 4th, 1996. So there's like a three week gap between this and the previous episode. It was written by a number of people that's got kind of like story by, written by, you know, teleplay by, that sort of thing, which I do not know what the difference between those things are. But included in that list is Leslie Cavaney, Joe Fury, Alan J. Higgins, Josh Lieb, Drake Sather, and Paul Sims. And it was directed by Tom Sharonis. All right, let's get into the episode here. Uh, The synopsis from Wikipedia is Joe tries to teach Matthew about gambling. Dave has to give a speech introducing Bill at a dinner. In the first scene, Mr. James comes into the office. Uh, Everyone is kind of standing around talking about sports betting. Uh, Matthew comes over and tries to talk with everybody. Ten Uh, points. Sounds like a lot of points. That was my first lol. (laughs) That was good. I'm an Eckerbacher's fan, I guess. <laughs> Since I live in New York, you know. Oh, I don't know about Phoenix. They never do that well in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Go Knickers, right? <laughs> What's the spread? Four. No, no, four and a half. Yeah, Five. Four and a half. I heard. I <laughs> went to Phoenix once, though. It's pretty fun. Didn't do any sports, but, uh, you know, what exactly is a spread, anyway? <laughs> what do you think of Detroit, out of Atlanta? Thursday? Yeah. Anyways, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll catch you guys on the flip block. I really empathize with Matthew trying to talk about oh, sports. Sure. Like, you can just tell he... Well, that's like you. Like, if a, guy, a group of guys were talking about sports, you'd be like, yeah. Yeah. Sports. What is a spread? That, I wrote that down. <laughs> what is a spread? Because I don't know. I also wrote, what is a racing form? Okay, so we'll get into like, the form in a couple of I know, of but like, I don't minutes. know. Like, so many of the things they were talking about, I'm like, I don't know. what. Do you know what oh, a spread is? I don't either. So my guess is that a spread is the Keep in difference mind, we between... we don't know what we're talking about. No, listen to the theme song again. Uh, is the difference between the expected high and the expected low. So... What? It's like... Okay, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. It's one of those things where, like, I can almost grasp it. I can almost... I, I You're uh, trying. Uh, no. And then I'm like, no, never mind. So, no, I don't know what a spread is. I, be, gamblers are always talking about having to beat the spread. No. Okay. I know more about spreads like cream cheese, peanut butter, <laughs> apple butter. A nice locks. Yeah. It's a good spread. <laughs> I know more about those. You know my favorite spread. Nutella? Your legs. Jordan! (laughs) You're going to cut that out. (laughs) Your mom is listening. (laughs) You have to leave it in now. (laughs) Your face is shocked with yourself. (laughs) You you even can't believe what you said. (laughs) You can't cut this out. You can't. I I will. No, no, no. You leave it. You leave it. <laughs> okay, moving on. All right. Um, I like that Matthew says that he's a Knickerbockers fan. I noticed that too. At first I was like, who the hell are the Knickerbockers? And then I was like, oh, that's the Knicks. Yeah. Got it. Yes, but he... Right. Yes, I know. He uses the long form. 
yeah, the scene ends with Joe. Sorry, the scene ends with Matthew reaching across the coffee table and just dumping everything onto the floor. It makes me laugh every time. Every time, you, and it makes me roll my eyes every time. Every time you look at me and you're like, "Well, still every time." I know. I know. <laughs> also, it's uh, we got Joe trying not to laugh, which you noticed. Oh my gosh! I I actually wrote on my second page. Joe Rogan is a terrible actor and he can't act and he breaks a lot. Yes, he does break a lot. He's the Jimmy Fallon of this show. But Jimmy Fallon was on SNL, which was doing skits. Like, or he had a, or he had his night show, you know what I mean? Or his like evening talk show. Like, it's okay to laugh, but like. It's not okay to laugh in SNL sketches. I mean, but it's, it is way more okay to laugh in an SNL sketch than it is to laugh in a show like this. No, I understand. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, he's a bad actor. Ooh. Fighting words come for me. I also just, my one of my running favorite things with these pratfalls of Matthews at the end of the show is just how everybody just kind of like looks over and does not care at all that he's fallen on the mm-hmm. floor or knocked everything onto the floor. That's onto how him. I feel. <laughs> just the like grim resignation that everybody has about like, oh, okay. So then we get the credits. In the next scene, Matthew is sitting at his desk with a racing form. Uh, he dabbles in the horsies. <laughs> I remember that joke. Um, so he's trying to figure out where the smart money goes. And Joe tells him it doesn't go anywhere near somebody using a racing form from three years ago. Yeah, I know what a racing form is. Yeah, I just assume it's like, like a, a gambling thing. Well, like, okay, there are going to be races at the race oh. horse race track today. Oh, and you've okay. got like... Like, it looked like he was holding a newspaper. Yeah, that's what they used to be on. It's just like, hey, these horses are going to race against these horses, and that's how you decide which ones you're going to bet on. Mm. That sure? I know, yes. Are you sure about that? I'm okay. way sure about that than I am about the spread. So Matthew asks Joe to teach him how to gamble. Matthew ends up kind of opening up to Joe, all the while shooting looks at Beth, about how he feels excluded because he knows he's weird. So Joe does give him the opportunity to start making bets. Uh, one of the running questions I have about this show is how much does Matthew realize that he is weird? I, but I think part that's part of the joke is that he's not self-aware. But he says to Joe, listen, I know I can be weird sometimes. So how aware of his own weirdness is he? I think it's, I think in his mind, he's not that weird. I think it's more like he realizes the effect he has on other people. He realizes that other people find, find him, him weird. weird. Sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just find that to be kind of an interesting paradox that the really most strange people I've ever met in my life probably don't think of themselves as that strange. And then there are people who are like, I'm so weird. And they're like, oh, God. Well, those are high school girls. No, you're not. (laughs) So Joe gives him a game. He's going to pick a number from one to 10, bets him $10 and gives him 100 to one odds on guessing the number in his head. And Matthew is unable to do it. But I think this kind of like, uh, this is how the uh, the bug gets into Matthew to keep gambling. Mm-hmm. Compulsive. In the next scene, Mr. James walks into Dave's office and he says, what's the story, Morning Glory? I only point that out because that's the name of the, that's the name of an Oasis album. Right. From right about this time, I guess, 94, 95. Yeah, but that's also like just a phrase. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was that a phrase before that yes. album? Yes. Oh, okay. For sure. Okay. Yeah. You heard it before that? Yes. 
I don't know, but it doesn't, I don't think that that is from Oasis. Oh, yeah. Because in the, I'm sorry, I was in Bye Bye Birdie. Yeah. That's part of the song. When they, oh. they sing it in Bye Bye Birdie, and that's from like the 50s or something or 60s, right? Sure. So, yeah, it's older. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. See, this is why I have you on. Learning <laughs> for my very, very niche knowledge. So Mr. James is talking about his wife candidate list. Uh, he really likes Melissa Etheridge, which <laughs> I wish there were. Uh, one of the funny things about his wife candidate list is like, what is the common denominator here? Like, what is it that he likes about each of these women? They're, they're so different in so many ways. I guess I'm, I'm, it's nice that this has been a lot. Like, it's a, one of the few things that is going from episode to episode. Mm. You know? Yeah. They haven't abandoned it. Right. Yep. It's not going anywhere. I laughed when he said that flu season's been brutal. On some of the older ones? <laughs> yes. That was pretty bad. I did laugh at that. Uh, Dave warns Mr. James that Miss Melissa Etheridge is a lesbian. Um, <laughs> I love how Mr. James says, well, how gay is she? And Dave says, well, she's right up there with Katie Lang. Um, <laughs> so he has to scratch another name off his list as well. So Mr. James asks Dave to introduce Bill at the Broadcasting Society banquet. Um, he's got to give about a five to ten minute speech for about 1,500 people. In the next scene, Matthew wants to bet Wait, on... Wait, I'm sorry. You, Go went, ahead. you missed when Beth goes in. Yeah, I just I did not find the stuff with no. Beth funny at all in this episode. I was honestly no. going to elide it. I know. And well, and I wrote I wrote down, we get it. Beth is poor and hungry. That is sad. <laughs> Like, and just like, I don't, and also like the weird condom joke about getting breadsticks. I was like, what, what do you, who wrote this? Like, this is, I know, that's a weird dumb. joke. I don't know. I just, I don't, I get that like part of the way that this office just is, is like she is visible all the time mm-hmm. and she's always just sitting at her desk. It's like that tennis match, ping pong, like whack, back and forth. Yeah. Watching people. It's like they just need business to give her. Yes. I did like how she, struck a little pose though i feel like i do that sometimes when i'm like <laughs> she was leaning on the desk talking to this. dave and she was yes. like pulling her leg back yes. around her like yeah. an ice skater i feel like i just i felt that yeah. i felt that moment where you just feel like i need to move my body like this <laughs> yeah that was cute and then yeah. mr james walks in behind her and is a little like uh-huh okay mm-hmm. <laughs> So in the next scene, Matthew still has the gambling bug. He wants to bet on something. Um, he keeps goading Joe to, to bet him. And uh, Joe finally lets him bet on a Super Bouts match. So he says, who do you like, Foreman or Ali? Um, I thought that was interesting. I didn't know that they had fought in Zaire. Is that real? Oh, yes, that's real. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. That was learning. Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah, it's not something I know a lot about, but that was the hmm. like rumble in the jungle. That was like... One of the greatest fights of all time, hmm. Foreman Ali. Is eight rounds a lot for boxing? I think so. Hmm. I mean, I imagine if you went and it was only like three rounds, that would be over so quick. It wouldn't be yes. exciting. I think standard is about 10 rounds. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jeez. I know. Jeez. 10 three-minute rounds. Oh, my God. Ugh. I don't understand how people can watch boxing. Yeah. So Matthew picks wrong. He says he's got to go with Big George Foreman. <laughs> And so he loses the bet. <laughs> it turns out that that fight happened uh, 20 years before. So Matthew at the end says, it's just like that song. You got to know when to fold them. You got to know how to hold them. That was a very Michael Scott. Yes. 
Well, that's what they sing on the bus going to the beach, right? No, I mean, like, messing up those lyrics just seems like a Michael Scott thing. That that's true. Do. But uh, Kevin sings that song when they're going to beach day, doesn't he? They all sing that on the bus. Yeah. So Bill comes into Dave's office and offers him some pointers on the speech that he's writing because he needs it to go well. Bill apparently taught a course on public speaking at the Learning Annex. And the first lesson is, speak up. You're an idiot. So I do like the way that Bill says, you've just taken your first step into a larger world. Did, did that ring any bells for you? No. That's a Star Wars quote. Oh, I no. believe Obi-Wan says that to Luke. So that's kind of cute. Uh, this show is at exactly the right age for its writers to really love Star Wars. But mm. they were, so they must have been like kids when Star Wars was right. popular. But this was before the big revival at the end of the 90s mm-hmm. when they started coming out with prequels and stuff. So this was the time when being a Star Wars fan made you kind of a weirdo. Like, it's hard to remember that because it's, like, one oh, of the biggest... Oh, it's so normal. If you're not a fan, you get, like, ostracized now. I know. It's, like, the one of the biggest franchises in the world. But there was a time when it was, like, weird to be really into Star Wars. Sure. All right. In the next scene, Matthew keeps badgering Joe to bet some more. He... Oh, wait. I have a lol. Not a problem because I want you to do well. Well, thank you. Thanks. I need you to do well. Uh-huh. You've got to do well, Dave. you just got to. I mean, nobody cares how beautiful the souffle is if the appetizer is turds in a blanket. I don't know why. I just thought that was funny because <laughs> I'm a 14-year-old boy. I don't know. <laughs> the idea of turds in a blanket is disgusting. disgusting. Yep. <laughs> so in the next scene, Matthew keeps badgering Joe to bet. He bets Joe the next song that's going to come on the radio is a great one. Um, <laughs> comes on. Do you recognize that song? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Uh, that was Wichita County Lineman. By Glenn Campbell. I didn't think it sucked. Oh, I love that song. And Dave really? loves that song too, yeah. Oh. It's a beautiful song. Yeah, I feel like it's a nice little... Do you really like it? I do like oh, it. Oh, you do, okay. It's, it's on my Spotify playlist. Yeah, I feel like if I were going for a drive in the country... Totally. I would want to hear that. I think Glenn Campbell was extremely uncool to people sure. in the mid-90s, but... Uh, yeah, and Dave is uncool for liking that. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> Joe and Matthew both agree that uh, he lost that. That song sucks. Back in Dave's office, Bill keeps belaboring the first line of the speech, which is, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I love the way he is using the umbrella, the way he would the use cane. the cane. Yep. Yes. Yep. I actually Excellent. thought that. I was like, he needs a cane. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Banging it on the ground, whacking it on the table. I loved it. This is just a, a great scene with Bill kind of losing his mind. Um, I mean, Dave is so bleh. I wrote down, I wouldn't want Dave introducing me. Mm-hmm. I do think that there's a an amount of, you know, if you're going to go on and public speak, you you want to, there's, this is the reason why they have opening acts, right? The opening comic. Like you want the crowd to be like. Warm up. A war- yeah, like warmed up. Like yeah. ready to experience and like enjoy what you're going to be offering. Yeah. And if the person who's on before you sucks, it it like sucks the air out of the room, right? Yeah, Dave's not very charismatic. Doesn't no. have a lot of energy. Does not really sort no. of like get the crowd going. I can understand that, especially in a way that Mr. James might. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I do. I mean, not a lot, but I do a fair amount of like speaking to groups of people in my job, and I try to be really sensitive to the energy of an audience. And like, hey, you need me to speed up. You need me to have more inflection. You need me to 
make a joke. I need, you know, like, yes. and I just, I just don't think, I actually, I empathized with Bill in this scene of like, you are a showman when you're speaking to a group of people, even yes. if it's something about real, something really dull or a five minute thing, like your job is to entertain right, and keep them like fixated on you and what you're saying. I guess the conflict there is that Dave hasn't even really written the speech and Bill is way more into the presentation of how he's going sure. to say these words than actually letting Dave sit down and write what he's going to say. So Bill is style over substance. Absolutely. Well, and also like you can, <laughs> well, and you can have the best speech in the world, but if you can't deliver it, it's a terrible speech. You can have a mediocre speech and deliver it very well. And people will say like, oh, that was a good speech because it, because of the delivery. Hmm. That's interesting. It's true. See. I know because, yeah, I know exactly what you're going to say. What's that? Go ahead. Just like, because you and I are really different in how we absorb information. Like you are the person who, when you listen to a song, you listen to the lyrics. Yeah. I don't listen to the lyrics of songs. I like listen to melody and I don't know. I, yeah. Other I also, things. I like, also like melody and stuff, but I think maybe you're responding to like, the way the song moves you more yeah. than you are to the content. Yeah. Or like I am, I am like, I am taken in by style in yes. a way that you just aren't. And yeah. so, yeah, like you and I could go see the same speaker. And if I like the performance, I will think the speech is better than maybe what it is. Mm -hmm. Or if we're, we could be, we could be hearing a fascinating, you know, talk or speech, but if I find it dull, I'm going to be like, that sucked. And you'll be like, that was so interesting or that was so well thought out. And I'd sure. be like, Nope. <laughs> I was bored. Yeah, this is the fundamental conflict, right? Dave says he wants to write the speech. And mm -hmm. Bill says, maybe in the future, children will learn to drive rocket cars before they can walk. But now we focus on the fundamentals. Right. So presentation is one of the fundamentals in Bill's mind, as opposed oh, to like 100%. the words of the speech. Oh, yeah. I totally agree with, I totally agree with Bill. Oh, okay. That's, I, I, yeah. I disagree, but I disagree for exactly the reasons you just said. Mm -hmm. oh. hmm. It's almost like we're different people. I don't know. In the next scene, Dave is working on his speech at the conference table. What are those? Cards. Just cards. Oh, you a little nervous about your big speech tonight? No, no, no. No, no you sure? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm cool. You're cool? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. I mean, I'm just, hang, I'm just hanging with it. I'm just, uh, chilling. Uh-huh. Well, word to your mother. I also like Lisa's hairstyle. It's very much like oh, that little bobby pin yes, holding her hair back. Yes. I know. I it's was like, like middle tried, school girl. God, I tried to do that. I actually used to wear little barrettes mm. in middle school because yeah. I thought it was like cutesy. Stylish. I thought I was cute. Yeah. So Matthew bets that he can toss a crumpled paper ball into the garbage can. Um, and Joe bets him that he can, and then they're both happy when Matthew's able to, and then it turns out that, oh, Matthew actually agreed to a bet that he can do it, and so he just lost double the money again. This is actually kind of a long scene. Back at the conference table, Bill is making suggestions to Dave about how to be confident in speaking, so he suggests, um, imagine the audience naked, he imagines um, practicing in a mirror. Dave has a funny joke about it. What, so I'm supposed to stand in a mirror and imagine myself naked? One thing I liked about that is, like, that doesn't stand very well on its own as a joke, but I really like the staging of it where they're at the conference table and the whole time you see all these paper balls flying oh, sure. into the garbage can. I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah. 
Beth has arranged a practice session in Dave's office with her, Catherine, and Milos. Um, so Dave comes over to the podium, which uh, is just his coffee table turned on its side. I noticed that too. I'd never yeah. noticed that before. Uh, Beth tests him by hooting and by throwing paper balls. I wrote Catherine's leg, yowza. Yeah. Did you notice? I'm not, a, I'm not Inappropriate. even a, I'm not even a leg guy. She has got amazing legs. She has an amazing body. Just yeah. like period. Like she has a gorgeous figure, but like inappropriate for the office. I don't know if you've noticed. She pulled her own skirt down when she sat down because uh, it was so short. Hmm. It was the 90s. Allie McBeal. Sure. So we get the outside of the door then, and it's Lisa trying to get in. And she says, what is he doing there? He never locks this door. And Joe says, oh, he's probably in there doing it with Lisa. Gross. (laughs) So we have a conversation between Joe and Lisa. Joe, tell Matthew he doesn't owe you any money. No. Say you wanted to learn about gambling? Now he's learning. He owes you (laughs) $10,240. Oh, maybe he can pay me installments, you know? Like a dollar a day for the rest of his life. No, not the rest of his life, but maybe the next 28.055 years. You don't impress me. (laughs) Look, Joe, just let him win one. Please go double or nothing with him and let him win. You're asking Joe Gorelli to take a dive. Yes, and let's not get melodramatic. I could have been somebody, Lisa. I could have been a contender. A son of a bomb, which is what I am. On the waterfront. 1954, but very relevant to my current predicament, isn't it? Well, yeah, it would be more relevant if Marlon Brando's arch enemy in the film had been Don Knotts. (laughs) But it wasn't. So come on. Apparently, Matthew now owes Joe $10,000. Lisa calculates how long it would take Matthew to pay Joe back, and I just adore Joe's deadpan. You don't impress me. I know. Lisa being the human calculator is just... Okay. It's kind of funny. It's I just like don't a, buy it. I just don't buy it. I think that we will learn more and more about Lisa Miller sure. and her backstory, and sure. some of that will come into focus. But yeah, that is just a thing she's able to do. Also, if you are a computer person like I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, this doubling is not that hard. So it's just $10. Okay, double or nothing is 20, so one oh, no, to I two. Oh, no, I know. Yeah, no, Two I to know. four. So, like, it's she not was that like, hard. I believe it was $5,120, and now yeah. he owes $10,240. Right. Like, that's not... No. The Doing thing good. is, when she divides it by 365, Yeah. That that's hard. Yeah, honestly. that's impressive. But math. We can do math. Uh, Joe quotes, on the waterfront, and... Uh, Lisa compares Matthew to Don Knotts. No, it means nothing to me. You know Don Knotts, though. No. You don't... He was mm. Barney Fife in the Andy Griffith show. Oh, I didn't know that was his name. Yeah, he was the incredible Mr. Limpet. In no. The... I don't know everything. You don't know Don Knotts? Nope. He was the TV repairman in Pleasantville. Okay, yep. He had that tiny little role as the, like, yeah. magical TV repairman. Yeah, he's like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. You're messing up Pleasantville. Okay, so that's who Lisa's comparing Matthew to. Got it. The kind of, like, gangly, awkward, spastic dude. Because he was, wins. Whoa, whoa. Sorry. Inside, Dave is wrapping up his speech to the three people. Uh, apparently, it totally fell flat. Um, Beth says, well, you can't say Dallas doesn't love you, Mr. President. Um, and then leaves. I love that 
Milos actually thinks this means that Dave is running for president. That was, that was cute. I love the way he says, your speech makes my heart feel very big. <laughs> that was really sweet. So Lisa has convinced Joe to give Matthew an easy win. The two of them walk over to Matthew's desk. Um, and Joe holds up both fists and says, okay, guess which hand the pencil is in, even though the pencil's sticking out of both sides of one of the hands. Um, Matthew overthinks it, and he kind of walks around Joe checking out each hand. Um, I just, I think it's fun here that you can tell that Andy Dick is trying to make Joe laugh. Like, you oh, can yeah. tell oh, that yeah. he's and being... He, and he's successful. Absolutely. Which is like, again, like, I guess what I find annoying is like, they need to cut... Like if he starts to laugh, they need to cut. I wonder and he if, needs to like gather himself. And I then wonder if to, this like, is the best, the best take, the best take. This is the best take. He's a <laughs> shitty actor. Well, that's why I think that partly why they shot him from like three quarters know, rear is because like you can just barely see Joe kind I of know, like smirking. You can see it at the corner of his mouth. Like I'm just like I don't. Know, I find it really distracting. Well, I would say that if I were in Joe Rogan's position, where like. I'm acting across from Andy Dick and Andy Dick is doing his Andy Dick thing. I would sure. find it very difficult to keep a straight face as well. But then I'm also like, okay, so if you know something's going to make you laugh, like, okay, if you laugh on the first take, fine. Yeah. Like, but then you know it's coming. Yes. So don't I, laugh. That's I, it's kind of fundamental to being an actor. <laughs> no, absolutely. That's the job. Right. right. Like yes. that's your, it is your job to not laugh at the jokes. I get it. But you can also see the chemistry between them where you can just tell that like they've probably done this a few times. Sure. And each time Andy Dix is probably doing something slightly different. Right. And he's doing it just to kind of yes. like make Joe but you laugh. Know, but like Andy Dick doesn't break. No, he doesn't. I know. I know. That's why Andy Dick's the better actor. <sighs> okay. It's freaking frack. <laughs> what is freaking frack? Uh, isn't that... Who are the Car Talk guys? Remember Car Talk on NPR? Yeah, the two Boston guys. Were they frickin' frack? Yes, but I think they called themselves frickin' frack they as a reference to some else, other like thing. From like, maybe it was from like another 1950s talky something. I mean, it, it feels a lot like Fibber McGee and Molly. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I don't want to Google it. No, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, so... Matthew guesses the wrong hand, even though the pencil is sticking out. <laughs> and uh, Lisa says, okay, well, it's hopeless. <laughs> You're on your own, Matthew. And then Matthew kind of stomps in the way that, like, a five-year-old would. Again, Matthew is a child. It's adorable. In the next scene, Bill and Dave are in their tuxes in Dave's office. They're practicing the last sentence of Dave's speech, which is the part right where he introduces Bill. Yeah, this is a good cut. I thought that was funny, the way he yells at him, and he's like... Oh, yeah, so, no, I, I both times we've watched this, you've laughed at the way yeah. Bill oh, yells now. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because Bill's worried that Dave is going to take too long, and people are going to think he forgot his name. Yeah, I just... Give me anything where we get to see Phil Hartman absolutely lose his shit and yell and stomp around like this. It just... I'm just it, into it. It just tickles you. It just tickles me, yep. We get this really nice smash cut where Dave is telling... Bill, what an egotistical, insecure, uh, ridiculous person he is, and smash cut to him standing at the lectern saying the exact opposite, yeah. almost word for word, yeah. of what he was just telling him. You're going down in flames.
drinks tonight, and I'm going to end up with a face full of smoke and soot. No, you settle down. You settle down. Stop screaming at me. No, you stop screaming at me. Bill, you are the most selfish, insecure, egotistical freak it has ever been my misfortune to work with. He is the most selfless, humble, and confident man it has ever been my pleasure to work with. <laughs> and I realize I should probably wrap up my remarks now. Aww. No, 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 please. Please. <laughs> so without further ado, my very good friend and the finest broadcaster I know, Bill McNeil. Bill gets up, they hug. Apparently Bill strained his voice, which I was thinking like, that's really bad if you're a newscaster and you strained your voice. Like, oh what are you going to do the next day? Yeah. To me, it's also unrealistic that that amount of yelling strained his voice that badly. You think so? Oh, yeah. I mean, I have, I have some days where I talk the entire day and the next day, and varying degrees of volume, and the next day, um, like, I'm fine. Like, I, I have only once or twice in my life strained my voice to the point where like I'm raspy and usually it's like because there's sickness or something else going on so maybe that's part of it but in the same day feels unrealistic to me have you ever lost your voice um yeah I have I have a couple times uh and you had to make a deal with the sea witch to get it back I mean people don't know this but Jordan's first name is Eric (laughs) you're the prince <laughs> You're not the crab. Sorry. Sebastian. I like the crab. He was my favorite character. I thought you were going to say you liked um, Flounder, the fish. What's his, is it Flounder? Yeah. Yeah, his name's Flounder. Yeah. No, oh, he's kind of a nothing. Oh, dude, I'm Flounder. Oh. That's not what he sounds like. A little bit. Or the seagull. I like the seagull. He's funny. What's his name? Um... Oh, this is going to bother me now. You don't know. No, I, don't I have know. to look it up. Sebastian's the crab. Flounder's yeah. the fish. Scuttle. Scuttle. Okay. Scuttle. That's and a good name. do you know the name of the two eels? Flotsam Jetsam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Flotsam and Jetsam is? Uh, wreckage. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the do you know the difference between them? One is organic matter and one is non-organic matter. That's a really good guess. Yeah. So flotsam is stuff that washes up after a shipwreck and jetsam is stuff that they've thrown off the ship in a sh- mm. shipwreck. Hmm. Learning. Where are we? Where, what are we? Who wh- where are, are we, we talking about? What, where am I? I really don't remember where this started. Oh, losing my voice. Yeah, I've lost my voice a couple times. I actually remember when I was in eighth grade, uh, you see how boys go through like a voice change and their voice cracks and stuff? That never happened to me. Yeah, right. Um, It happens to girls too. Mm -hmm. And I went through it in a weekend. (laughs) I have a very clear memory of I went on a trip to Washington, D.C. with a group of like other kids from my school and that three-day trip was when my voice changed yeah because my voice was cracking like crazy yeah and i have like again very clear memory and i think that that was my that was me being in puberty (laughs) my voice changing so and it gave me this sultry lovely voice that i am sharing with you all today Mm. 
I just remember my friend Angie coming in in about the eighth grade and being like, "Hey, how are you?" And I was like, "What's your What's your deal?" Oh, I lost my voice. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "How do you lose your voice? How do you lose? It? I've never lost my voice, so I don't really. It's just, no. Oh, I mean, except like when I have like a sore throat or something and it hurts to talk, then I'm like, I don't really want to talk. Yeah, no, but I that's have, not the same. I have a couple times. Um, I can't remember any specific like cause of them. Um, but yeah, I remember like trying to talk and like sounding really raspy like this. I've never lost my voice entirely though, where like you literally can't make a sound. Yeah. But. Huh. Um, so, okay. <laughs> where are we? Oh, Bill has strained his yeah. voice. That's bad for a newscaster. Um, I love that somebody yells speak up to him, which is the same basic instruction he gave Dave at the very beginning. So oh, it's right. coming back to bite him. I think that's cute. Uh, I also like that Dave is just sitting there drinking from a fancy coffee cup, like a living embodiment of the Kermit sipping his tea. Oh, right. <laughs> in the last scene, Matthew and Mr. James are in the office. Um, Matthew's feeling pretty bad because he just lost a lot of money to Joe. Uh, Mr. James is really sweet about this, and he makes him feel yeah. better about losing. Yeah. He just tells a, him. A scambler. A scambler types. That yeah. happens to us. Yeah. Um, Mr. James admits that he had a terrible losing streak in the seventies, even lost the games that he fixed, <laughs> which is funny. And, uh, Matthew tells him about how he lost the pencil game, even though the pencil was sticking right out of Joe's fist. And Mr. James says, huh, you don't say you pointed this out. And I totally agree with you. I just sounds like there was a punchline that just didn't quite make it. I just right. wish there were one better joke at the end. Yeah. Like, you yeah. got to put a better button on a scene. Like, that. yeah, it just, it felt really abrupt. Yep. Definitely. And that's the end of the episode. So, let's just go ahead and get into it. 90s references. Now it's time for... Yo, it's the 90s. This is a lot. This is a lot. All right, do you want to go... You tell me which ones you have. I actually, like... I, I know that I didn't even get all of them, but I wrote down Melissa Etheridge, Katie Lang, Sounds of the Lambs. Governor Cuomo, Frickin' Frack, Jesse Jackson, The Dog Pound, Arsenio mm-hmm. Hall. That's it. Yep. No, you got him. Uh, uh, there's also a reference to Ted Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. James <laughs> just keeps making jokes about Ted Turner in a, several oh, different episodes right. recently. Uh, yeah. That Arsenio Hall and The Dog Pound, that was just enough before my time that I don't have any memories of that being a cultural thing, but I'm aware that it was. I remember it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I remember the few times, like, being up later than I'm supposed to be, and maybe my parents were watching it, or just it was on TV. The idea of your parents watching Arsenio Hall. I know. I feel like there was a lot of purple on that set. Yeah. I think I also confuse Arsenio Hall and MC Hammer. Because I think they both wore big pants. I think you're right. No, and no, I think you're exactly right. I do. Yeah. I do too. Is it time for the game? I can't think of anything else, so Let's it must be it. time for... The game! Okay, you're going to need a pen and pencil. No, okay. All right. All right. Paper. 
Kayleen is very excited about this game. She's I, told me several times. I'm I'm excited to play I it. I just, okay, so I'm switching it up a little bit. Great. Just a little. Shoot. Okay, so this episode has gambling as a main feature in it. Yes. So you're going to be doing some gambling of points for this game, Jordan. Right. Okay. You're getting, we're going to call it dollars. We're just okay. going to say it's dollars. So you have $10. You're keeping track of your own money over there. Okay. 10 Kayleen dollars. Shrewd bucks. Uh, there are 10 questions. All right. With each question, you are going to bet points. Okay. You're going to bet dollars. Okay. And the category is different for each question, but the overarching theme of this game is stuff Jordan likes. And I'm going to tell you the category of the question, and then you're going to bet how many dollars. If you get it right, then you get that many dollars. I love it. And if you lose, you lose that many dollars. I'm going to give you a goal. Okay. You need to get $100. You need me to 10x my points? I do. I do. You are very good at trivia. <laughs> and so I need you to 10x your dollars. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> and also, I mean, the categories are things you like. So this should be stacked in your favor. So this is like me going on Jeopardy and finding that like... Every category is stuff you like. All right. Let's do it. Are Great. you ready? Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah. First category is Chuck Klosterman books. Oh, I'm going to bet four points. Oh, Okay. I'm going to give you five books. Yeah. You need to put them in order from when they were last, like the oldest release. Sure, chronological order. To the most recent. Yes. Got it? I wish I had bet more. (laughs) I know. I know. I was like, only four? Really? Okay. I'm not so, uh, just as a person, I am highly risk averse. I know. I am not a. I know. That's why I I really debated on how many points I was going to push you toward. Okay. I went back and forth. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you shoot for the moon. I'm okay. gonna make you shoot for a hundred. All right. That's your goal. That's okay. your goal. I mean, sure. I can't make you do anything. That's You're fine. your own person. That's fine. Okay, here's your five books. Are you ready? Yes. These are in no particular order. All right. Downtown Owl, a novel. You might want to write these down. I am. Eating the dinosaur. Okay. I wear the black hat, grappling with villains. Yep. Sex, drugs, and cocoa puffs, a low culture manifesto. Okay. The Visible Man. Okay. So I'm going to kind of talk you through my process here. Okay. I have a very good memory just in general, but I also have a very good memory of pegging knowledge to where I was. Mm. So like for each of these, I can remember a place I read them. Wow. So that's just. Magnificent brain. So just, just so you know, right. All right. So. Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs, Downtown Owl, Eating the Dinosaur, The Visible Man, I Wear the Black Hat. Ding, ding, ding. Did I get it right? You got it right. Okay, so I got four. So, so I wagered now, four So points. now you have 14. I could have kept to 100? Mm-hmm. Ooh. All right. I'm going right, to right. push my risk-averse husband a little bit here. Okay. Also, again, remember, all of these categories, Jordan, are for you. They are things you like. I know it was the first question yeah, i had dip, to sort of dip, gauge dip your toe in like, the water yeah that's right okay. okay okay all right the theme or the category for question two common house plants okay i'm gonna uh, <laughs> you hate this you hate it and you yeah, love it yeah i hate bedding 
Do you see why I was excited now? I'm going to bet seven. Okay. What kind of plant is also known as mother-in-law's tongue? Oh, that would be um, Sansevieria. Also called? A snake plant. Very good. Yeah. You got it. Okay. (laughs) I love this. There was that weird pause for a second, and I was like, oh, God. I gave her the genus, but I was supposed to give her the species, too. (laughs) Good job. Okay. So now you're up to? 21. Okay. Question number three. The category is groundhogs. Okay. I'm going to bet eight. What is the scientific name of the groundhog? Marmota Monax. (laughs) See, I think I write hard questions for you and I don't. So this is why I was like, hundred, it's going to be a hundred. I don't know that I'm going to get there. I'm just, I'm I'm at 29. Mm -hmm. And you have seven questions left. Okay. And you're three for three. This is really nice. I know. It is my birthday next week, so I'm kind of counting this as like my birthday present. I'm really? really? I'm enjoying this. I know. I'm loving I, this. No, I know. I, when I wrote this, I was like, he's going to really like this. This is for me, yeah. I know. Okay. All right. Question number four. Okay. The category is gummy bears. Bouncing here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> okay. I'm going to bet. <laughs> I'm going to bet 10. All right. I, I gotta, if I'm trying to get hit that hundred. Yep. I like it. I like it. Okay. What flavor is the white slash clear Haribo gummy bear? Oh, I have two guesses in mind and I don't know which one it is. The two guesses I have in mind are pineapple and pina colada. I think it is Pineapple. Is that your answer? That is my answer. Ding, 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 ding. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> you got okay, it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Gummy bears typically are a child's candy, so I don't think they would make the flavor pini colada. But what about all those kids who love getting caught in the rain? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are so funny. God, you're funny. Okay. I'm enjoying this almost as much as you. Okay, great, great. Good. All right. Great. Question number five. I'm at 39. God, you're going to fucking do it. I, I know don't you know. Are. You okay. are. God. Mm, I should have made it 200. All right. Question number five. The category is how I met your mother. Great. I'm going to bet 16. Ooh. Well, I got to go up every time. I know. I got to make up a lot of ground. I know. Okay. I know. What two songs does Robin Sparkles release? Oh, great question. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. To be fair, I had to do a little research because I don't know anything no, about you... I Met Your Mother. Um, okay. So the first one is Let's Go to the Mall and her edgy fall. Oh, so she's actually got three. I'm going to give you all three. And at I'm least two of those qu- will be right. I'm going to read the question one more time. What two songs does Robin Sparkles release? Okay, I see what you're doing. You're trying to trick me. So Mm -hmm. she released Let's Go to the Mall. Mm -hmm. And she also released Sand Castles in the Sand. Final answer. Ding, 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 ding. Now, I know exactly what you're thinking. Because I wrote down the other part. Because I was like, if he says this, he's incorrect. Yes. So she, her gritty follow-up has... 
Oh God, it was something funny. It was like Robin Daggers or something. That's it. Is it really? Yeah. Robin Daggers? Yeah. Was um, P.S. I Love You. Very, God damn it. Do you know who it was about? Uh, yes, Paul Schaefer, because <laughs> I did research into this. That's why it's P.S. I yeah. love you. All right, so I bet 16. I had 39. That puts me at 55. All right. You're within reach. Wow, I can feel the tension just am, radiating off am, your body right this now. This is why I don't gamble, as I'm <laughs> deeply risk averse. But think about how much more fun this is right now. It's a lot more exciting than if I just would have done a category of Jordan's favorite things. Oh, absolutely. I know. Okay. I know. Now you know how Matthew feels. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number six the category is Denmark. Can I fold them? You have to know when to fold them. No, when you have to know when to hold them. Okay, so you're telling me to hold them. Are you holding it? I'm holding a lot of things. Right now. I know you are. <laughs> the category is Denmark. Great. I'm going to bet. I'm going to bet 15. Okay. The question is, what is Denmark's national animal? National animal. Okay, this is the first one that I'm like, I don't know the answer to this mm. one. Let's I see. could give you a slight hint if you would like one. Uh, I'll take one. I'll take it. It's also their national bird. Oh, okay. I have it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That did it for me. It would be the swan. Damn it. Is that right? <laughs> it's right. Because of Hans Christian Andersen. That's exactly right. <sighs> <laughs> I think I should only give you half your points on that one. No, I'm just kidding. You can have all the points. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I was at 55 and now that's 15. So um, I'm at 70. Another reason I don't gamble is I'm not good at math. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If people didn't understand the reason that their national bird or animal is the mute, it's called the mute swan is because of the ugly duckling. Right. Yeah. All right. Question number seven. Okay. The category is Kayleen. Kayleen who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, which one you know so many of us. Oh, okay. I am going to... I'm going to bet... How many questions do I have left? Four? You're on question seven right now. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. So I'm going <laughs> to bet... That's math, yeah. <laughs> See, this is where like I've earned enough that I get to be more conservative. <laughs> I know. I so know. I'm going to bet 13. Okay. The question is, what is my shoe size? Oh, God damn it. Um, 15 extra long. <laughs> extra wide, actually. No, extra long. <laughs> um, I have to get my shoes specially made. So how precise do I have to be? If you went shoe shopping yeah. and I said, pick me up a pair of shoes, what size shoes are you getting me? I'm hurt. <laughs> um, stalling, stalling, stalling. <laughs> I'm going to guess nine. Final answer. You're incorrect. Really? <laughs> yes, I can't believe that. Is it nine and a half? Oh, honey. I'm a size 11. 
Really? I was a size 10 when we got married, and then I bore your two children, and now I'm a size 11 because my feet grew. Wow. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't know that. I know. You were a size 10 when we got married? Yeah, I was a size 10, like, forever. And then when I was pregnant, I had to get bigger shoes because my feet were so swollen. Yeah. And then after I had our first kid, I was, like, a 10 and a half. Yeah. And then after our second kid, uh, I was like 11 and it never went away. So like, like I can probably squeeze my feet into like a 10 and a half, but if I'm going to get like a comfortable shoe for me, it's a size 11, which it sucks being a woman wearing a size 11 shoe because it's big. I mean, I mean, to the extent that I ever knew the answer to this, it was that you and I have the same number size shoe, which is like you were a 10 and I'm a 10. No. So we have the same size feet. No, it's not that. It's no, your feet it is. are smaller than mine. No. Yes, they Not are. anymore. Put your foot up. You're going to have to. I can't see. You tell me. My feet are a bit long, taller than feel, yours. Feel my toes to your toes. Okay, yeah, they're a lot closer than I thought. Yeah. So I remember. No. Okay. I wear your boots when I go outside to shovel. But that's not the comparison. The question is, like, can I wear your things? Yeah, you can. I don't think I can. I think I've tried to put on a shoe of yours before and been like, this is way too small. Let's go to the closet. Let's go to the closet. (laughs) Okay. All right. Do you want to go to the closet? The lady knows her own shoe size. I will see the point. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. No, and I also... I will say, in terms of Keeling trivia, that's a pretty minor one. I I picked (laughs) this one because I was like, I don't know if he's going to know the answer. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I also wanted to pick an answer that couldn't, that wasn't subjective. Like, what's my favorite? Yeah, fair enough. Whatever, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, I bet 13. I was at 70. Now I'm back down to 57. 57. You have three questions left. Okay. You're going to have to make some big moves here, Jordan. Big moves, big moves. Question number seven. The category is, they might be giants. Excellent. I'm going to bet 20. All right. What album did They Might Be Giants release on September 11th, 2001? Oh, my God. Okay, let's... That's a good question, right? That's a really good question. Let's talk through this. Um, My friend Angie gave me a They Might Be Giants album. Would have been... It was for my birthday. I guess it would have been in 2002-ish. And that was Mink Car. So, was it an album? Was it a studio album? Yes. Okay, it wasn't, like, a live. Yes, and I will say, I had to do, like, I I checked and rechecked, because they have a shitload of stuff they've released. Yeah, they've been making music for 40 years. Um, okay, so... And it is an album. Oh, my God. <laughs> your eyes right now are bugging out of your head. I mean, I hope you understand the special tension of being asked to guess categories that you're told are your favorite things. <laughs> I'm not telling you these are your favorite things. You tell me these are your favorite things. I feel like I'm putting you through pain. I mean... I kind of feel bad. It's a little bit painful. I just feel like I should know this. So I'm going to go with Mink Car because I'm just not going to be able to pull anything else. That's right. Mink car is correct. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, relief just washed over him like a cool rain. 
Ooh, You're doing good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What are you at? I am now at 77. All right. You've got two questions left. Question number nine. Yeah. The category is Scrabble. Uh, betting it all, Jack in the Big, Double or Nothing. <laughs> I'm going to bet 17. Okay. The question is, if you add up the points in WKJP pod, what is the total? <laughs> Should have bet more. Okay. So WKJP pod. W is four. K is five. J is eight. P's are three each. O is one and D is two. So, I mean, the deciding factor here will be my math skills. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, that would be 26. That's correct. Ooh, ah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and I bet 17. Mm -hmm. Puts me at 94. Okay. You're within shooting distance. Actually, you've been within shooting distance for a while. If you made any big <laughs> real bets. <laughs> I, I mean, kind of. If I actually bet like a man. <laughs> I mean, I thought you would have bet it like enough to go over last time because now you have to get this one right in order to get a hundred. You're right. Whereas if you would have bet over last time, even if you got it wrong, you would have been under. Yes. But as long as you were over 50, you still could have made it up to a hundred. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. This, this is, is why, why you're I'm, not a gambler. I'm not a gambler. Nope. No. All right. Okay. Question number 10. Okay. The category is sparkling water. All right. All right. I'm going to bet seven. If I'm right, that'll put me at 101. All right. I do not feel confident about sparkling water. <laughs> I don't. This is that's the category I feel the least confident about. Oh, all right. But it is something you enjoy. Mm-hmm. The question is name five of the six original LaCroix flavors. No way I'm gonna get this. You don't think so? No, I don't. Um no. You know LaCroix flavors pretty well. Do I? There were six original. I'm only asking you to name five. Does unflavored count as a flavor? Of course. Hmm. Okay. Ready? I'm not going to give you any positive or negative reactions until you give me your final five. Okay, I'll give you my five. Okay. Lemon, peach, berry, melon, orange. You're so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're so wrong. Oh. I also just can't believe this because we have never bought melon LaCroix. That's not even a flavor. And we drink so much of it. They don't even make peach. Yes, they do. They make peach pear. You're right. <laughs> Thought that was a little too complex, and then maybe it. <laughs> and then they added the pear. Yeah. <laughs> you got you got two out of five. Okay. All right. I you should have gone with the you should have gone with the unflavored. Oh okay. Yeah. So this is what this, these were their original six: pure 
lemon, lime, orange, berry, and cran raspberry. Okay. And like we've bought all of those. We've never bought pure. No, you're right. Why why would you do that? Why would you? Um how could you do this to me? <laughs> he said to his sparkling water. He's literally holding a LaCroix in his hand right now. <laughs> yeah, I was literally thinking, like, what do people like? Like what would be like a very <laughs> melon. <laughs> I said melon because I was like, maybe there's a melon, maybe there's a watermelon, and maybe if there's one mm. of those two, she'll give me credit for one. For it. <laughs> I was playing the odds, I can, baby. I can tell you. I'm not a gambler. Us gambling folks. Us gambling types. Yeah. Good game. Thank you. I got 84. Sorry. I got 87. That's awesome. You started with $10, and now you have $87. That's pretty good. Yeah. We're very different. I probably would have swung for the fences early on. Like yeah. the second I got over 50, I probably would have bet it all. Because <laughs> that's how I am. Huh. That was wonderful. I really enjoyed that. I, Good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought you would. Yeah. Happy, ber- happy birthday. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Now is the point in the episode where we talk about our favorite moment. Do you have a favorite moment from oh, this, is this episode? Oh, is this a new segment? Yeah. Oh, <sighs> Um, okay, this is just off the top of my head, yep. but I, I actually really did like the last moment with Mr. James and Matthew. I thought that was really sweet when he was trying to like, kind of be like, Hey buddy, it's okay. I yeah. thought that was a very like dad yes. type moment. Yes. Yeah. I think that was my favorite moment. That's great. Mine is, uh, the interaction between Joe and Lisa. I just think their repartee is really funny. They're just sort of like sniping at each other. And when he thinks that Dave is doing Lisa in the office. <laughs> yes. And then from there. Oh, uh, got it. Lisa yes. does the calculation. Right, Joe says, right, you don't right. impress me. Yeah. Joe quotes on the waterfront. Lisa <laughs> makes the comparison between Matthew and Barney Fife, which mm-hmm. I just think is really funny. That just made me laugh. Hmm. And then she convinces him to take a dive. Yeah, that's my favorite moment. Now is the point in the show where we do recommendations. I have one. Okay. I thought of one. Um, Because I brought it up earlier, I'm going to recommend The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Mm. If you've never watched it, it's on Amazon Prime, which I feel like is not one of the heavy hitters when it comes to really good television streaming, like original shows. I agree, yeah. Yeah. I think it's incredibly funny. I think the lead actress, whose name I can't remember, (laughs) is unbelievable. And, like, the costumes and just because it takes place in, what, the 50s, I guess. Um, I think I just also really enjoy how authentic everything is with the costuming and the hair and the makeup. And it's very extravagant. And they live in New York City and... Yeah, it's just like a really good show. I feel like it's kind of like a hidden gem of a show. And it's Mm. a show that I didn't necessarily think that I would like that much. Um, But I watched the first season and I enjoyed it so much that I like immediately watched it all over again. Mm. And then when the second season came out, I watched all of the first season and then all of the second season and then all of the second season again. And now the season that just got released now is season four. And they yeah. just got renewed for their fifth and final season. Nice. So, I sh- and I also really like it when a show knows this is going to be their final season. Yes. I feel like the writing is always so much better. Yeah. And um, 
yeah, I, I don't want to talk about it too much. If you don't know what it's about, it's about a woman who lives with her husband in Manhattan and they're Jewish and they have two kids and she's kind of like the housewife and he works and uh, her husband really wants to make it as like a comedian. That's kind of his dream. And so she goes with him to nightclubs and kind of gives him feedback and then she finds out that he's cheating on her. And so she leaves him and uh, kind of finds herself on stage one night in like a random drunken fit and finds out that, oh, she is really funny and she really enjoys it. And uh, the whole show is about her kind of journey becoming a female comedian and her relationship with her husband and the demise of her marriage and her mm. relationship with her parents, which is hilarious. Mm. And it's just like dramatic and funny and so beautifully shot. Yeah. And I really, really like it. Nice. There you go. Great. My recommendation is taking care of your feet. It's <laughs> a good one. I mean, seriously. So for a long time I had really like rough, cracked, dry feet and I think there's something about being a man that's just sort of like, I don't know, this is just how it is. This is what my body's like. Take it or leave it. Who cares? You know? And Suffer then, through it. Suffer through it. Who cares? It's like, why indulge myself in doing anything to take care of this problem? Especially when it doesn't feel like it's in like life-threatening or really like, you know, impairing your day-to-day in any way. But they got dry enough and cracked enough that they started to really hurt and I actually reached out to my doctor and said, like, hey, like, can you tell me if this is, <laughs> like, something I need to worry about or something I need a prescription for? And she's like, nope, those are just feet. Just <laughs> sorry. That doesn't look bad. Just, I mean, it looks bad, but ordinary bad. And so I have started soaking my feet in hot water and Epsom salt. I have a special, like, brush that I use to, like, sand down the... um really tough calloused parts and I have a special like foot cream that I put on every night this gold bond foot cream and my feet feel great and I really recommend taking care of your feet even if you're a man especially especially if you're a a man because like why live with something that is ugly and unsightly and uncomfortable you should tell them what I got you for Christmas. Yes, I'm going to give Kayleen full credit here because she is the one who got me a foot bath, a special brush, a special towel, uh, and special foot masks that I still haven't used yet, but they're for exfoliating your feet. And I set it all up for you so you could have a nice little night to yourself. It was wonderful. I soaked my feet and watched The Sopranos. Yeah, so my recommendation is just like a minor acts of self-care for your body um like i said i think it's very easy as a man to feel like that's effeminate or not worth your time or sort of like embarrassing in some way but i am so much happier now that my feet don't crack and hurt and as a woman like i think that men worry that doing something like this makes them like you said like effeminate yes Women don't really give a shit about that. It's usually like a fear of like judgment from other men. Yes. You know? Yeah. Kind of in the same way that women actually are like so worried that we're fat or whatever. When a lot of times it's 
we worry about the judgment from other women yes. than men because men usually are like, you're a woman. I love it. You look great. I'm yeah. into it. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you're doing, I like right, it. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. So I think you also just kind of enjoy the little moment for yourself too, don't you? Like soaking your feet? Yeah, that's know. part of it. The uh, the aromatic part of the like Epsom salts and light a candle. Kind of like and re- yeah, it's relaxing. It's relaxing. Yep, totally. So there you go. That's a real Kayleen recommendation. All right, now is the moment in the show where we give our rating, Kayleen, on a scale from one to five dramatic pauses. What do you give this episode? Hmm. I give this episode... Now! Oh, God, it was loud. <laughs> loud. Uh, I'm going to say... Th- 3.68. I liked it. It was pretty good. 3.68. Yeah. That's really precise. Yeah. Great. Uh, I'm going to give it a 4.1. Hmm. Yep. I really like this episode. Okay. For next time, we will be talking about season two, episode 14, entitled The Song Remains the Same. Nope. All right. Any guesses as to what will happen? You get no clues whatsoever from the title. Nope. Okay, cool. (laughs) For WKJP News Radio, this is Jordan and Kayleen signing off. The theme music for WKJP News Radio is the song You Say But You Don't Know by the band Troubles Afoot. You can check them out on Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music, or wherever you find new music. Special thanks to Uncle Keith for our use of equipment and technical support. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at WKJPPod on Twitter or Instagram. You can also email us at WKJPPod at gmail.com. If you like our show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts to help us find other listeners like you. Thanks so much for listening.